From the blue-green waters of Claytor Lake to the hiking trails of the NRV, AM HodgePodge is on the air. Here are your hosts, Keith Weltons and Mark Tapp. This is Mark Tapp with Keith Weltons, and uh, we've got we're going to bring our guest in right away today, right, Keith? Yeah, yeah, we're not going to we're not fooling around. All right. Well, we just know that the, the show's better when she's in it, so why why even wait? Yeah, exactly. Right. So we've got Cora Nagy here, and Cora. Uh, the important part about bringing you in is not because um, uh, we're going to pick on you, but we do want your insight. On a couple of things. Okay. Okay. So sometimes you read about certain things, and uh, it's very unfortunate, but it feels like it's just you're, you're, you're in your own mind or it's just picking on you. And so I want to assure myself that I'm not just picking on me. You know, it's, basically, I'm reading something, and it's like, well, this, this sounds like a lot like me. And I don't want this to just be me. I want to see if other people kind of fit into this, too. You want company. Yes, th- that's it. <laughs> I want a passenger on this trip. That's exactly what I want. Well, good morning, everybody. Just real quick, this is Keith Weltons. That's Mark Tapp, and we do have Cora Nagy in the studio. You're listening to AM Hodgepodge, a show for and about the New River Valley, and today will be no exception. We've got some awesome things, and we do want to make sure that people stick with us particularly for the second segment, because we've got some things uh, that we want to uh, talk about with you, Cora. But most people know that they can go to the Facebook and they can find articles, and these things will be on there, pictures, stuff like that. And in our first segment, we do have two main things that we want to always discuss. First is beer. And then the second is ball over beer. Exactly. (laughs) 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 So with that being said, uh, the hard part sometimes, Mark, is to make it all like uh, coalesce. That's a pretty good congeal. Word, right? Yeah, good word. A good I was going to say congeal. Now, what does congeal mean? It's kind of like what your Jello does. Yeah, when, okay. When you mix it up, good. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's it all stick together. <laughs> they could both be that. They could both be that. Yeah. So uh, this 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 article or this this topic that we're going to talk about is. Well, I think really what this is... I can't is, remember. What is it? This is a moonshot for you. <laughs> yeah. You're just hoping that uh, your current behavior doesn't affect your, your cognitive behavior later in life. Yeah. So, so often you read stuff and you're like, oh, you know, you got to watch out for obesity or don't or stay away from this or do that or don't do enough of this. Walk. Stuff like this. Yeah. So these two articles, I was like, wow. They, they buck the trend. Yeah. If I don't tra- change my pattern, I'm actually to the good. Yeah, maybe. That's that's rare. That's that is very rare, and, by the way. And now, I don't know about your study. This study here is a fairly extensive study. They had uh, 24,478 Yeah, mine is a big one, too. Yeah, so we're talking about what again? <laughs> Dementia. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And, and so de- studies on dementia have long said that uh, refraining from alcohol would help. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact... They believe that uh, about 40% of dementia cases could be prevented or delayed if 12 different things were avoided and alcohol's at the top of the list. Okay. That's sort of what this study goes in thinking. Mm-hmm. And they, and wanna, they want to confirm it. Correct. Um, and so they've, 
divided this population out. And now they've the people that are in the population that they're studying, they're all over 60. Yeah, so that alcohol is the number one contributor to dementia is what they're going in with thinking. thinking right. Yeah, the Amer- that's what the medical uh, in, uh, association believes. Exactly. Okay. And, and not just that, but the more you drink the more severe your dementia more may be and the more likely, yeah. More yeah, likely and that, that's because it. people can't remember their keys are or they can't remember where they live or, you know, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, during the act of drinking, it would make sense that if you can't do those things that it could potentially have prolonged lifelong effects. Right. And yeah, so... I weave that in there. So one, one might think that uh, if you had drank early in life mm-hmm. and stop drinking um, you would you would be better than if you just kept drinking but you would be worse than the person that never drank at all correct that's kind of what the previous so no drink said. stop drink and then dr- keep, drink keep drinking would be the worst yeah. in order and those that are that are drinking still mm-hmm. they've divided them into groups of people who uh, um, consume a small amount every day, mm-hmm. all the way up to those that are, you know, maybe abusing it a little bit. Right. Would be categorized as as a, an alcohol. Yeah, self medication of right. some sort. Yeah. Right. Um, so, what they've shown mm-hmm. in this study of twenty four thousand people, and by the way, this is uh, roughly fifty fifty male and female, mm-hmm. uh, and it's also. Uh, across the globe. It's not just a U.S. study. Right. They studied uh, Europeans and mm-hmm. Asians as well. Um, what they have found through this study is that there was no difference in those who abstained from alcohol throughout their life and those who... Started at one point. Uh, started and then stopped. Stopped, right. Yeah. They're the same. So the the best never drank dementia and those that drank and then stopped... They're equal. Right. 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 And then they also found that um, those that abstained lifelong actually had a higher rate of dementia than those who drank moderate amounts. Correct. And there was no difference in those who drank lightly and those who drank heavily. Correct. So now they... they <laughs> meaning? Meaning drink up. Yeah, if you drink a little, <laughs> if you drink a little, you're better than someone who who started and stopped or never drank at all. Yeah. And if you drink, let's say, let's say they say the average is one and a half glasses of wine a day, and you drink two, you're not worse because you drank two versus one and a half, but you are better than the person who drank one at one point and then stopped, and the person who drank none ever and never started. Right. And and there was also no difference between men and women, right? Uh, and, and it it seemed like uh, at least through economic ba- uh, variables, mm-hmm. uh, those that were linearly correlated to others from a country to country standpoint, right? There was no difference between them either. Yeah. So you're saying if you were uh, like royalty all the way down to the serf, yeah, it didn't matter the 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 so. Your day-to-day job, your education level, ethnicity, uh, all of that religious background, none of that mattered. The only key differentiator was actually consumption of alcohol. Right. Now That's the, amazing, actually, now the only, quite frankly. 
the only thing they reference as sort of a caveat in this, mm-hmm. and, and I, I, this was the one thing that was rolling around in my head when I was reading the study, mm-hmm. is that uh, there is what they call survivor bias in okay. the study. So because they studied people 60 or over, right. there is, you know, there is the possibility that alcohol abuse has already wiped you out before you get to 60. Oh, uh, yeah. And so that, that's, this is an interesting part because the, the you know, you start with 25,000 people or 38,000 people. Well, after you do a one, three, five, ten 10-year study, there is a survivor group. And yeah. when you, yeah, exactly right. So when you're at that survivor group, it determines your ultimate results. And question and that um study mark was it u.s based was it, it was global. global global yeah so it was global and that's an important component there because we we constantly get told we don't eat enough fish <laughs> i didn't know that I didn't know that sounds that like true? we need to go for fish and chips and beers well i'm just saying we get told that fish, we don't now that's we should do a study on fish because uh, the mercury component in fish would probably lend to dementia. Yeah, yeah, and yet <laughs> we're told we don't eat enough. Yeah, and but but over but by the way, there's an over uh, f- fishing of fish. That's right. Mall does that make sense? Over mirror. It does. Oh, here we are. Yeah. Okay. 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 So uh, this is going to be a quick one. I'm curious if you guys can get this. All right. I don't think you can mess with the time. It's got to be three minutes. It is. It is. It is. All right. So here, here's the thing. So we're going to talk about college basketball and college football. Okay? And so in college uh, basketball, it's called the number of possessions. So like how often do you possess the ball? And then you'll shoot. And if you miss and you get the rebound, it's still a possession. Yeah. Right? It changes the possession after a make or a turnover. And then in football, it's called the number of plays. So every play, you know, the hike in you and you move it. So my question for you is this. On a national average in college football, in college basketball, if we know that the number of plays, that's the time that you possess the ball, and possessions in college basketball, that's the number of times you possess the ball. Okay. So on an average game, does he – Average team in college football hmm. have more plays than an average college basketball team has possessions. Or does a college basketball team have more possessions than a college football team has plays? Does that make hmm. sense? It does. In an entire game? Yes. I'm going to say football has more plays. Football has more, and that's just offensive plays. Sure. Okay, so the average. We have the ball, right? That's right. Average college (laughs) football team has more plays. She's she's booked her, her, she's in. I got to go with basketball. You're saying college basketball has more possessions. Right. So once again, if they shoot and they miss, but they get it, that's still the same possession. Yeah. Okay. All right, you ready? Locked Mm. in? Yep. It's First of all, the answer is very close. The average college football team has 73.9 plays per game. We'll call it 74. The average college basketball 
has 70 possessions. Oh! <laughs> Isn't that incredibly close? Is, so yeah. what that means is there's roughly 144 offensive plays in basketball and 104, I mean in football, 144 offensive plays in football and 140 offensive plays in basketball. Yeah. You would you would think that uh, it wouldn't be that close. Yeah. Football's... Tends to move a little slower. Yeah. There's the average, uh, just quick to kill it on this, the average possessions for football is 13, and the average play per possession is 5.7. Okay. You ready? That's a good one. So we're going to follow that up. You, you, you said in the first. I just, just want to interject here that I won that. You one. did. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's normal. There actually would have been yeah. hype if Mark won. So it's, if it's more normal, then yeah, we don't, we don't pick that up. Pick All right. Man when he's down. So yeah. So the dementia thing, right? And do you have that, that music? It's coming up. Right up. There. Let's see if I can hear it. There it is. Awesome. Okay, so we talked about dementia and alcohol and all of this, right? Yeah. There's a secondary study that says we're going to determine if you get more than eight hours of sleep, does that increase or decrease your dementia? And what they found with a, by the way, I learned a new acronym. It's called TIB. That's called time in bed. <laughs> tib, tib, yeah. yeah. So the I'm tib, the tib was uh, uh, looked at individuals sixty to seventy-four years old, and all men. That's where they studied on this okay. because they believed that men had a higher propensity for dementia. Now, why do they believe that? Just as statistically been proven that men were just naturally more slow. Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. Okay. The higher tip. Yeah. So here's what they found. You ready? They found this, that older adults, 60 to 74, that get more tib than eight hours are 69% more likely than individuals who get less than seven hours, so six to seven hours, 69% more likely to develop dementia. Yeah. And the uh, secondary corresponding part about this, and you and Mark talked about how it didn't matter if you were rural, uh, rural city, uh, what, where, what, your, what country you were from, it just looked at everyone. Right. They looked further into this, and they said, if you take those those figures, by the way, this was they started with 3,900 people. They ended with 1,900 because over a five-year period, they passed away. They passed away. So um, when they're finished with that group at the end, what they they found was that that's the number of individuals that that developed. But what I thought was really interesting in this thing, maybe kind of the biggest part was they looked at like who might be the primary bed breadwinner mm-hmm. and their probability that they'll get it versus not uh, versus like a home home uh, taker. Uh, if you were a farmer, uh, if you were in rural, if you were a production, if you were uh, uh, like in high finance or if you were a politician, they looked at all of those things and they did find a couple of things. Those in rural areas, rural tend to develop dementia earlier. Mm. 
Okay. And the biggest factor that they did was that rural individuals tend to get more sleep. They tend to use the old adage, early to bed, early to rise. Mm -hmm. So what they found is those that go to bed before 10 o'clock tend to be those that get the full eight hours or more of sleep. Because if you go at 10, 6 o'clock is eight hours. Yeah. So... The, the, the study basically says that you should be pushing yourself and older individuals to not sleep at 10. The second part is those that tend to go to sleep at 10 as they get older also tend to take naps. So that becomes a secondary part. And I've read all these studies that adding that nap in there uh, increases dementia and it also increases heart disease. It does both because your body is not set for that. So anyway, if you want to avoid dementia, you need to continue to drink alcohol and not get enough sleep <laughs> right. based off of the things. Based and, these yeah, and, and the last part in here that I thought was, you know, the part that we that everyone puts their little caveat in there. Caveat, yeah. caveat, caveat. They well, say, they don't want to... They don't want you to come back and say, well, you Correct. told me to drink. Correct. And now I can't remember yeah, the article. Yeah, they go in on all this. They said, you know, it still needs further studying and blah, 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 all of this, right? They're going to say that indefinitely because ultimately I think both your study and this study, the results aren't what they thought. And because they aren't what they thought, they'll continue to run studies until they find a study that comes out the way that they thought. I read. Do, a, does that make sense? Yeah, I read a statistic. Meaning, just because me. the science has changed, they won't accept this. They're going to continue to look. Yeah, th- th- a lot of times they do this that. This was this was during the pandemic. I read a, a statistic that uh, that indicated that um, over eighty percent of all studies conducted cannot be duplicated. You cannot duplicate the results. I agree with that. Yeah. So, I think with this study too, you have to take it with a grain of salt. Both of these studies that we're talking about. Yeah, certainly sure. we all know. And, and a lot of this is common sense stuff. You know, when you look at a 95-year-old that is still cognitively aware, they're still moving and shaking and going right. around. They're, you know, they've got high energy. They're not sitting around taking naps. They're not, they get four hours of sleep a day. I mean, it's just that kind of a person. Correct. And that is partly because they've just, they've, program themselves to be very active that's the critical thinking. component yeah. they act staying active is the number one yeah. thing inactivity breeds everything make sense well everything but that last part that breeds everything <laughs> thing that it does make any sense. oh and in this song here <laughs> just he says i can't get to sleep right yeah, yeah. the other thing is he, he thinks about the implications see right this is the deepest analysis There's of a some complications, song we've especially ever at night. Yeah. <laughs> right. I worry about a situation, but everybody, stick with it's us. It's just overkill, he says. See? You're listening to AM Hodgepodge. <laughs>